0: Hello, Velo News listeners, this is Dan Cavallari, tech editor at Velo News, coming at you with another Velo News tech podcast. And today is is a special one because I have one of my favorite folks on. Uh, Allison Tetrick is joining me today. Allison, how are you doing?
1: Well, you know, I, I can't really complain, Dan. It's good to hear your voice and I'm safe and happy and healthy yeah. as I hope, you know, everyone could be and can be. So, you know, each Good. day at a time, and I'm doing well.
0: Right on, yeah. So we are we are joining each other from uh, um, various basements. Mine, I'm in my basement, and you're in another basement via the miracle of Skype. We're we're able to catch up, and uh, it's a little bit of a bummer because we were supposed to ride a few a few weeks ago in Spain, but it's nice to catch up. And I'm glad glad you're on the show today. Thanks for joining me. Um, and you know, Allison, you know it's it's unavoidable to talk about the absolute weird times we are in right now. Um, and I think it's even weirder for for pro athletes uh, because your living is essentially taken from you right now, and um, and you know, gosh, we don't even we don't know when racing is going to start again. Um, but I think a lot of athletes, and and you can hopefully confirm this, are you know still training and still preparing for the season if it happens. Um, so today I wanted to talk a little bit about what you're doing, um, to stay in shape and to, to be ready should a, a race season happen again. Um, and what, what your gear choices have, have, uh, been like, you know, because there's a lot of riding indoors now, I think you're still riding outdoors. Um, but I also want to talk about recovery and, and certainly I want to talk about the, um, the mental health angle of all of this. I mean, this is a tough time mentally as well. So let's start from the beginning, um, are you riding outside still?
1: Yes. So I currently live in Petaluma, California, which is in Sonoma County. And, uh, it is our ordinance is to shelter in place. We are still allowed to exercise outside within reason. Face coverings, um, as of just a few days ago are required, um, not while exercising, but if you're going into the grocery store and things like that, my grocery store, I go to a local market. I walk from my house and, um it only is allowing 30 people in at a time and face coverings to yeah. to enter um but i am able to get into rural sonoma county with you know three pedal strokes so i don't nice. see very many people um i have changed a little bit of my approach and done kind of short loops close to home because i um in case something happens i don't want to put you know anyone else at risk or um, increase any traffic with medical personnel. So just trying to be conscious and not going on these crazy long rides far from home, but I am able to get outside. Um, so that I'm very fortunate.
0: Are you, are you supplementing that at all with riding indoors? Are you a Zwifter?
1: Um, I just used Zwift for my first time last week. Um, I did not race. I just kind of unclipped on the side of the road, watched people Rode around in circles for a little bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to set it up, you yeah, know. I yeah, sure. wanted to see what it all was. Uh-huh. I I do ride indoors, actually a fair bit, um, because I have a career outside of cycling. So I am a communications professional for a biotechnology company and. I take sometimes conference calls (laughs) on the trainer (laughs) Um, or just ways to multitask because a lot of times, you know, you only have a little bit to ride. It's just much easier to have a bike set up on a trainer. So I've got a pretty sweet setup. I have my um, Diverge actually right now on a Wahoo Kicker Mm -hmm. and an iPad stand and the the Wahoo table and I can do Zwift or um, I use the stand actually to also check emails or social media or lurk. Cool.
0: And do you do so? Do you use just the kicker, or do you have the whole setup, like the the kicker climb and the headwind?
1: Yeah, I just have the kicker. Just the yeah. Kicker. So yeah,
0: I'm a I'm a spoiled I'm a spoiled journalist. I have the kicker, headwind, and the climb, and and all the the fancy bits. I don't, You you actually so you can see my video. You might be able to actually see it's kind of like tucked in the corner over there but i oh, yeah. i have like my little my little cave but i'm actually impressed that you can take calls while you're on the train <laughs> usually <laughs> usually i'm just sweating disgustingly and breathing really hard um,
1: it, it's the power of the mute button yeah. and also <laughs> also it was my tactic in racing you know you yeah. you ask a question to get a long response back yeah. so yeah. you can breathe so then mute <laughs> and
0: then come back on that's good tactics that's good tactics yeah. take notes
1: Take notes, everybody. <laughs> Ask really long questions. Yeah,
0: yeah. So <laughs> let's let's talk a little bit about your training. Um, so you're training outdoors uh, and indoors, kind of a combination. It, have you, I, I guess, like in anticipation of a, of a race season, are you still anticipating racing this season, I guess, is the first question.
1: I, I'm... I'm very like torn whether or not it'll happen. I'm probably thinking it's 50, 50 at this point. And if it does happen, I'm unsure that is actually the best decision. However, um, my coach actually had a very interesting point. Um, I'm still training. I'm training. Like I would be racing BWR and then dirty Kansas, and, you know, the next three weeks. Um, And he said, and I actually liked his point. I'm going to give him credit because it's not my quote. Adam Pulford, he's a Carmichael training system coach. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, racing will come back eventually. And it's better to be ready than to get ready. Sure. So I thought, okay, he just doesn't want me to eat bonbons and will actually probably be eating donuts and drinking too much. So he's probably like, get outside and ride your bike. And I love to ride. And I'm still allowed to ride outside, which is very fortunate. But I do think... My mentality in training and has always been to kind of keep a, at least a low simmer of fitness mm-hmm. because, as a lot of the listeners might know, it's a lot harder to come back from a complete, you know, junk food filled off season than yeah. just kind of keeping a couple rides in, staying relatively fit. And then when you want to turn on the gas, you're ready to go. Sure,
0: sure. I, I don't want to tell you how to live your life, but I really do think you should make t-shirts that say a low simmer of fitness. Uh, I would, cert- I would, I would absolutely buy one.
1: <laughs> I don't even know where that came from. Too. I know, I, that,
0: that sums up my life. <laughs> I love it.
1: Pretty much mine too. Yeah. I always I saw this, um, I, I tweeted it yesterday, but, um, Swift. somebody tweeted about the virtual leader, you know, at the Zwift race. Yeah. And I was like, I've been the virtual leader in so many races my whole career. I was way ahead of my time. <laughs> you know? Yeah, in my own I'm, mind. I always was the virtual leader. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. It's mind over matter, really. <laughs> um. So no, you really do need to make those t-shirts. Um, so now you <laughs> with your training. So at this stage in the game, you'd be gearing up for BWR and for, for Kanza. So at this point, would your, would your training block be pretty intense? I mean, have your rides themselves changed? I know you said you're, you're not really doing longer rides outside. Um, so, so does that shift to inside more?
1: Yeah, I, I think with this, um, and, and this also helps with time crunched athletes and being a time crunched athlete, myself a lot of my, for most of my career. Um, I mean, when in doubt intensity is like the quick fire way to get fitness, stay fit, but not require a lot of time mm-hmm. Um, in the saddle and endurance. I mean, it's one thing if you just started riding, but if you've been riding for 10, 15 years, you know, like some of us have been, I mean, you have a lot of miles in your legs. And so endurance is there. It's just a matter of keeping that top end open. Yeah. Um, so I've been doing some pretty intense workouts, but the duration actually has been getting a little longer, um, into just building up the threshold, you know, FTP, if you call it, sure. I, TSS. I don't know. I'm just, now I'm throwing out acronyms. All the, all the um, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. So just kind of raising <laughs> that FTP. Um, and you can do that a lot of ways. So usually it's just kind of flirting with that threshold. So either the efforts are really short and you're way above your threshold or they're longer and you're not as close to your threshold as you think you are, yeah. you know, and they're yeah. just kind of steady state efforts. Sure. Uh, the other interesting thing we've been doing is trying to simulate my group ride because the the group ride has been my lifeblood for eight years of my training. And Mm -hmm. I have a group ride I do twice a week and I always get three hours, twice a week at least with these group of guys and, you know, get the intensity, a little leg speed, um, social aspect, of course, and then you're home Mm -hmm. and, So to try to do a workout to practice that annoying guy surging up the hill every week is (laughs) annoying me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I don't like it when people ride like this. And now I am that person to myself. Yeah like no one should attack at the bottom of the hill that hard right, right. and then try to suffer. i mean you know so it's it's a lot of like kind of front loaded efforts where yeah. you like surge for 30 45 seconds and yeah. then go back to that steady state so your legs are completely flooded and yeah. then you're trying to suffer through it so yeah
0: so those annoying guys do serve a, a function for you <laughs> <laughs> I know
1: I, I I didn't know I should thank them now yeah. I said okay you know I, I have like a whole letter of apology like yeah. list of apologies I need to practice that is a weird out.
0: exercise in empathy <laughs> <laughs> (laughs) So I know, you know, I know you have equipment sponsors, so obviously, you know, the equipment, a lot of the equipment you're using is from your sponsors, but I'm just curious, it sounds like, um, probably a power meter and and heart rate monitor, uh, are, are key components of your training. Um, what are you using for those, uh, those pieces of gear?
1: Yeah, definitely. I use a cork power meter. Um, I am sponsored by SRAM, so I have a great group set up on all my bikes, depending if it's one by what other gearing of amazing 12 speed now is a thing like yeah. when did that happen <laughs> yeah how weird, right? <laughs> um, yeah, so I use a cork uh power meter on all my bikes including my gravel bike for um, events um and then road bikes as well and then you can also sync up when you use the wahoo to the the kicker of course mm-hmm. a smart trainer has its own um uh, system you can use in there and then the heart rate monitor I I work with Lazine so I just use a Lazine rate monitor and it pairs up with my GPS or my the wahoo um, app you know for tracking the indoor rides
0: what do you use uh, once you have all that data um, I mean are you just uploading a Strava or are you does your coach have a, a program he likes to use to track your data
1: I use training peaks um, and I have used training peaks since the first day I think I clipped into a bicycle because we've talked about it this before but I'm a huge Data dork that I try to hide because I have a <laughs> science background and I like to track everything. And so I think I have every file, you know, of my career, give or take the six that accidentally got deleted or something like right, that right. with heart rate and power. Yeah. Um, and I've used Training Peaks since day one. Um, not sponsored, just buy it, like it. Yeah, <laughs> WKO, yeah. I used to analyze my own files. And now it's just gotten so much better. It's so easy to just tran- transfer files over now. I used to back up, like I had a, a flash drive, Dan, uh, you know, uh-huh. to back up all my power files just in case. What if training peaks like right. crashed one day?
0: Dude, that is uber nerdy. That's kind cool. <laughs> <laughs>
1: of, so I looked at it in my cloud the other day. I was like, I literally was backing up files for seven years. <laughs> and I think only like last year I go, okay, I think training peaks is going to make it. I'm going to have all yeah, my files like okay. in case the apocalypse happens. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> that's, that's transcendent, uh, bike nerdery. I like it. That's
1: <laughs> It's really fun, too, to track your power throughout your career, and, you know, you can track weight, heart rate, you know, and you can, you got a lot of data points, and then now I don't really, I mean, I use it to train, I'll be honest, but sometimes I just, you know, you have to learn how to go off of feel, and um, Mari Holden was my director um, for a year or two um, when I was racing, and she told me I was actually looking at power too much. And so she had me, so when I started Philly, when Philly used to be a racer, Mm -hmm. remember like when we used to go to restaurants and Philly was a bike race.
0: (laughs) Way back um, in the day. (laughs) And
1: and, uh, I I go to start the race and I look down and she's taking you know, whatever, some sort of electrical tape and place it over my SRM (laughs) at the time. And she's like, you're not looking at your power today. And I was so mad. And a yeah, little like, piece what? of you died.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I really could have picked up the tape, like a couple times racing. I'm like, I could just lift up the tape right, and look right. <laughs> like real quick. Yeah. And it actually was a really good exercise because eventually every race. And now when I race, I, or, and especially when I used to race road too, I just always had the power taped over or off, like just a different screen. Cause power doesn't matter when you're racing. Cause you right. still have to respond to efforts right, right. unless you're of course an individual effort, like a time trial or solo break. Sure. What so about, it was fun to learn to that. Yeah. What,
0: what about heart rate? I mean, do you do you, do you treat that the same way, or is that something you uh, do? You feel like you need that in a race?
1: Heart rate to me is me. It's it's so variable. Um, you know, there's a lot of other. Um, effects. So, you know, dehydration, altitude, fatigue, and fatigue can impact your heart rate in multiple ways, like either increase it or decrease it, you know, where you can't get your heart rate up. Right. Um. So it kind of depends on what type of level of fatigue you have and hydration, heat, cold. So I just think there's so many variables to it. I track it, but I more track it like, oh, it's really high, <laughs> like yeah, something's sure. wrong. Yeah, yeah. So it to me, it's more of a data point or a diagnostic tool. But not an effort tool per right, se. Sure.
0: So I'm curious, um, you know, it's, it's only recently that gravel racing is really even a thing. Um, and for those of you who don't know, Allison, first of all, shame on you. Um, and second <laughs> of all, um, Allison was, was a road, professional road racer, uh, until the gravel scene sort of exploded and you made the transition to, to gravel. Um, but I'm curious, you know, the majority of your training right now, um, is that done on a road bike or on a gravel bike? Do you have, do you have a preference for one or the other for, specifically for training?
1: I'm a roadie at heart in a lot of ways. We just talked about backing up power files. So that's yeah.
0: embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, you um, you're already outed as, as a roadie <laughs> you <were> there.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> I, um, I, where I live, I don't have very consistent gravel roads, um, you know, like the Midwest or even where you are um, in Colorado, so I tend to do probably 90% of my training on a road bike, mm-hmm. um, because I have great roads with very limited traffic and I know them very well from my many years of training on them as a pro road cyclist. And so I kind of have my, my jam going. Yeah. Um, also I just, it, for the consistency, I think, you know, for sometimes when you get on dirt, like the terrain can be a little more pitchy or more, you know, less consistent for, and, and monotonous, dare we say, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for uh, an effort. But if you're fortunate enough to have dirt, I mean, I ride on any chance I can, if there's a nice grade or, you know, riding in Kansas or Arizona, I mean, where there's amazing gravel, I just personally don't have it like right. out of my, out my front door. Sure. Sure.
0: Well, yeah. And I think the road riding too, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah, I mean, it seems like it probably eliminates a lot of X factors so you can get a better sense of what your data means at the end of a ride.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah.
0: I said something right. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so aside from aside from cycling, are you are you filling the time with any other types of uh, physical activity like running or anything like that cross training?
1: Yeah, I have been running one day a week. It became our thing. That's it's just gross. 2 miles. Okay. Yeah. I know. My coach is is very upset with me. Yeah, like yeah. I this is the problem with social media kids. I put <laughs> like a video of us running on my Instagram story. And then, you know, I get a text going, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. And then the next week, I think I had VO two max or something on that day. He's yeah. like, I'll teach you not to run. <laughs> um, but I've still been doing it. So don't tell him. I don't um, I, I, think, I've been he's, running I think he's going to
0: know after this episode, <laughs> <laughs> I know.
1: um, I've been doing 50 push push-ups a day.
0: Oh, gross. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty proud of myself. I don't think I could um, do two. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I been, I had, I, you know, I've been working on them. Yeah. Um, and so this has been a project and some core, um, about three times a week and a very quick core workout because who has time for that? That's why I like push-ups; They're very fast.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What do you, what do you um, do for a core? Like just some examples of a core where I'm terrible at core exercises. My core is terrible. And, and consequently I have terrible back pain. And I think a lot of cyclists do. Um, so what do you, what do you do? Can you give an example of just a couple of the quick exercises you do?
1: Yeah, I think this one is pretty good because it takes under 10 minutes or so. And if you run it all the way through, it just takes seven minutes.
0: Oh, you're speaking my language. Good.
1: Yeah, and so it's just 30 seconds of the bicycle crunch, which you guys know what that is. And Mm -hmm. it looks kind of ridiculous. And I'm like, okay, but it it is good for the hip flexors you think about for cycling. And also, I think it does kind of stretch your back. Then 30 seconds at Superman, also good, reverse of... yeah of cycling. So opening up that back yeah, and then yeah. just jumping into left side plank for 30 seconds, right side plank for 30 seconds and then front plank for 30 seconds. Yeah. And so that whole effort is only two and a half minutes. And then you do that three times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There you go. You're pretty much seven minutes. You're sore.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I just, just explaining it. I'm already sore. Uh, yeah. Do you, do you, uh, do you have like a setup where you do these, these exercises or are you just like on the, in the living room on the carpet?
1: Yeah. I'm just on the living room. Um, sheepskin rug I've got. It's pretty comfy. Nice. Mine
0: is a dog fur. Um, so, you know, beyond, you know, as a gear nerd, you know, you've got your data nerd, I'm a gear nerd. I'm like, all right, well, what shoes are you wearing when you're cross training? You know, I'd like to know, um, you know, do you have go-to pieces of gear? Um, you know, on the bike for training or off the bike for cross training, um, that you just can't do without. And again, you know, I know you're, you've got sponsors and things like that, but there's got to be some of that gear that you just, you've had forever. You cannot go on a ride without it, or you can't go on a run without it.
1: Um, well, I really, (laughs) I really love those, um, plastic bags they give you when you enter an event or something, you know, that are (laughs) kind of those pseudo waterproof, um, bags. And I go through about, two or three a year. Cause you want to, they start wearing out. Yep. They don't last a full year. Yep. Um, and that is my wallet. So when I ask where my wallet is, you have to look for something that looks <laughs> like trash and it has my, <laughs> it, I think it used to say Strava on it. Maybe yeah. it said Oklahoma gravel growler. I have no idea what it yeah. used to say on it. It's just destroyed yeah. and it's not technically even waterproof anymore, but it has my ID, a credit card and my insurance card in it. Nice. Um, and it looks like trash.
0: Yeah, I've got a small collection of those myself. I know exactly what yeah, you mean.
1: They're very valuable. <laughs> they are, they are. You yeah. actually can't buy them. That's why I think, I mean, you have to actually get them for free, which means you pay to go to an event. Yeah. But then you get your little free bag and mm-hmm. it's very very yeah. nice. Yeah, there's um, like a
0: black market for it. You could like trade them like baseball
1: cards. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's great. Yeah. Um I love tracking my rides. Of course, I use a Lazai GPS head unit, mm-hmm. but um the XL. So it's pretty big and you can use navigation um but I, I like if, my, if I don't track something, it didn't happen. And I know it did, but it's re- really hard to wrap my head around <laughs> that it actually happened. So I want to make sure I have a GPS unit or even for a run. I mean, maybe I'm just using the Strava app for a run sure. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's just fun. And also in gravel racing, you have to have an active and well-working GPS unit because a lot of these events aren't marked. So you need to... Have your course in like uploaded into your device to navigate you. Um, that's very important. I've been rocking the bandana lately a lot. Pretty sure that's going to become um, needed for every ride. Yeah, yeah.
0: and also it's pretty um, punk rock when all this COVID stuff is over. You can, you know, rob a liquor store if you want to.
1: Yeah, I I didn't really. I was thinking more cowgirl than punk rock, but (laughs) whatever. Um, We'll roll with it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think also other things that are important as far as gear is um, I I wear the specialized helmet prevail most of the time. I just think it's a very diverse. Diversified Helmet, um, but it has the Angie app. So live tracking for loved ones is important to me. So shake you know, shake and turn on a lot of apps or Garmins can do this or Lezyne and mm-hmm. you can live track. Um, but just in case something does happen on a ride, I think that that's a very valuable training tool, especially now. I mean, I ride solo a lot already, but now people are riding solo more often just to share with your loved ones where you are and if if you've hit your head or haven't moved in a while. Which, if I haven't moved in a while, usually because I found a beer or something, but...
0: <laughs> found a nice tree to take a nap under.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think the more the more I get away from racing, you know, from a professional road stand standard, I also am enjoying things that aren't as arrow and light. Um, so I did the coast ride, um, you know, down from San Francisco to Santa Barbara, and I have this Lazine bar bag. On my bike, and mm-hmm. people are asking me what's in there. You know, I have a flask. I actually had leftover chicken wings from the night before. <laughs> I have like my jacket, I have donuts, and That's awesome. and this is <laughs> so cute. But I mean, I love it though. Bar bags are great. Yeah, yeah.
0: I know I, I'm with you on that for sure. But, you yeah, don't have to wings. stuff your
1: pockets, chicken wings. Yeah. yeah. I had chicken wings in there. And some guy asked me to prove it. So yeah. I pulled out chicken wings. Oh, I was me like, just
0: started gnawing on one. That'd be great. <laughs> I
1: was like, I have chicken wings. See yeah. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah. And it was so funny. Cause I, I rode for that. My, I rode my specialized Roubaix for that. And, um, and I and some 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 of the guys from Morgan Hill from Specialized were out on the ride, and you know I ran into them one day, and I got my bar bag with chicken wings in it, and a beer, probably and a flask, and a rain jacket. I don't know. I was like ready for the apocalypse. Yeah, I yeah. I was want to get ahead of my time, and they look at the bike and they go, "You have a bar bag on your Roubaix." I was yeah. like, "Yeah." Hell yeah! And they're like, "We spent so much money making that bike arrow, yeah. and you put a bar bag on
0: it." But chicken wings.
1: <laughs> I know. <laughs> That bike is more aero than the current tarmac, by the way. That uh, Roubaix is it's a it's a
0: fast bike. Yeah, I've heard I've heard that. It's it's pretty impressive, and it's it's impressive how far endurance bikes have come, really, uh, to be actual performance vehicles like that.
1: It's uh, yeah, it performs really well. That's my go-to training bike. Um, good tire clearance, a little suspension. Um, I run tubeless on everything now, of nice, course. Yeah, um, yeah. If you guys aren't running tubeless if you can't, cause you don't have clearance, that's one thing, but if you right. can just run tubeless, it's, it's you. amazing. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. That's it, probably exactly. another go-to. Yeah.
0: Um, so when, you know, the last time you and I rode together was in, uh, was in Arkansas at the, the reveal of the big sugar gravel race. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I was appropriately chided, um, <laughs> because I, um, I did bring, I did bring my, my whiskey flask, but I did not bring it on the ride. <laughs> uh, and I, I felt deep shame, but, um, it was, it, it was freezing cold and pouring rain the entire time. Uh, and when we reached about the halfway point of the, of the, um, the ride, we, we, we all hunkered up at a, a brewery and, um, Miss Tetrick, uh, chided me for not having my whiskey flask, but she did come to the rescue with hers. Tell me a little yeah. bit about the whiskey flask and why you carry it with you.
1: Um, <laughs> and it was very well worn. Oh it's man, a...
0: we—you earned it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I—I I, I got that for free for a bike event. I paid to enter. Nice. Um, <laughs> and then I, yeah, we actually, um, to geek out, we we did test the flask for Arrow. Yes. Um, in the specialized wind tunnel. I mean, that's what we did with our time. I was like, so where should I put the flask? <laughs> should I just tape it on the top tube? Should it be in my, yeah, you know, we, th- we did test it. I have photographic evidence. This is um, priorities, yes. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, you know, I I don't have an alcohol problem, but I, <laughs> for me, bringing a flask on a ride, it's, it's pretty light, you know, and it doesn't have to be cold like some other beverages we might want on a ride. Um, and I needed it started doing it when I began racing more gravel and transitioning away from racing and just attending events is what I like to tell myself I'm doing. (laughs) Um, So just to remind myself to not take it too seriously Mm -hmm. and to be like, if you want to stop and take a photo, stop and take a photo. If you want to ride slower, ride slower. If you want a shot of whiskey, have a shot of whiskey. Like, and I think for me, it's just don't take yourself so seriously. And so, As we were just discussing, um, I started attending gravel events for something different and a new challenge, and as it became more racey, and there's team tactics, and there's people are warming up, and there's game plan, I was like, whoa, 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 I've done that. (laughs) (laughs) And so, I, you know, in my feed zones, you know, I'll have it, you know, just think, I don't necessarily imbibe, but just to have it to remind myself, like, number one, Allison, are you having fun? Yeah, <laughs> like right. I have to like go through a checklist. And, and it, first of all, I'm like, the first thing I tell myself is number one is you signed up for this. Like mm-hmm. you yeah. actually like probably paid, you entered your information right. online yeah. and you signed up for this, yeah. bought a plane ticket or drove or whatever, and you showed up for this event. So if you're complaining, yeah. no one forced you to put your chamois on this morning, right, right. <laughs> Like <laughs> you decided to do this. Yeah. And then then ne- that next question I ask, I like remind myself that I chose it, and then the next question, next statement or question, I guess, would be, "Are you having fun?" And if I say no, drink whiskey. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. Um, <laughs> I, if I say no, I'm like, "Well, then make it fun." Like, yeah, yeah. what's gonna make this fun for you? And that might sound a little cheesy, but I think it's important that sometimes we just get really knotted up in the anxiety or the pressure that we're putting on ourselves, and. And just remember why you're there. And it's because you like to ride your bike Mm -hmm. and you like whiskey. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes, I, I, as somebody who is an avowed whiskey lover, yes, I, I agree. I am
1: loving your whiskey updates in your oh, in your man. email.
0: I, I've gotten ridiculous with it; I really have. I,
1: <laughs> is it fast? It's like slow guy and fast ride, but I, yeah. I want to say it's fast guy and slow ride because yeah. that's what I would prefer.
0: No, I, I have to be honest with people. <laughs> I'm, I'm the slow guy and the fast ride. <laughs> uh, but no, I think it's important, and I think you know I'm always very appreciative of you um, the way you you bring a, a very real vibe. to 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 racing and, and understanding that um, there's a there's a mental component to all this, and um, you have to keep yourself uh, happy. I mean, if you if we're not enjoying this, why are we doing it? And so I think the the flask is representative of that. And you know, obviously, you don't need to bring alcohol with you if you're not into alcohol, but like to have something to remind you that this is this is fun. What we're doing, <laughs> this is yeah. this is fun. Damn it, um, you know, enjoy it. Um, and I, I appreciate that sort of. Uh, that, that reminder. And I, I was always struck by the, the ever-present flask, even if you're not using it, you're right, it's there. And it's, it's that good reminder. Um, so, you know, I think it, it's, and, and good God was, I very much appreciative of it when we, we were on that, <laughs> that ride in Arkansas. It also
1: makes you friends, see? Yeah, I mean.
0: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs>
1: So, yeah. And the don't dare ask me if I have chicken wings in my handlebar oh, bag. Man. I probably do.
0: I am. I'm am 100% asking the next time we ride
1: together. I'm, chicken fact, wings and donuts. I'm going
0: I'm to count on it. In fact, <laughs> <laughs> I want to see chicken I want to get a chicken wing hand up from you.
1: <laughs> yeah. oh, chicken wings are so good. They are hard to eat on the bike though.
0: You know, when I, when I did my first 24 hour race, that's, that's what I did. I had big buckets of pasta and big buckets of ch- buckets of chicken wing in the in the oh. campground. And that's all I ate for 24 hours straight. It was, it was, it was fantastic. It was perfect. Um, so let's talk, uh, recovery because Mm -hmm. you do some ridiculously long rides. Mm Um, what, what is your recovery process like? And and what kind of, you know, I know a lot of folks that have a lot of recovery gear, like recover the the recovery legs and things like that. Um, I'm more of just like a foam roller kind of guy. Um, does your setup look like? Do you have a specific setup for, for recovery, um, the day of the race and, and even in the weeks afterward?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think we talked about this initially on the first time I was on the show, but just to, the quick thing really to be careful of is nutrition with recovery. And I know we're we're trying to get to the finish line to have a beer and pizza with your friends, but when you're training, you don't always have that motivation. So when you get home just the first 30 minutes, having some recovery, um, I use Goo Energy Labs, um, but it can be a recovery shake. It can be real food. It doesn't have to be a full meal. You're looking for about a four to one ish, depending on who you're talking to, it could be three to one, four to one to carbs to protein. So it could literally be a banana and peanut butter mm-hmm. to like a half a sandwich, but just get something in you that has enough carbs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then in the next two hours, eat something mm-hmm. uh, like a real meal. So that's your first kind of tip. Um, And it, I would just challenge you guys to, to look at how quickly that 30 minutes goes by so that's I think why people use recovery shakes or chocolate milk or whatever they decide is because in 30 minutes like you, you shower you check your instagram right. I mean your email <laughs> 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 and, and then like 30 you still have your chamois on you know you're yeah. like oh I gotta do this and yeah. that and and so 30 minutes goes by really fast so that's a really important part of recovery um I don't actually use any of the the boots or anything um they're just expensive I don't yeah. know and they just look bulky they I, do yeah um, but I, I think like the easiest thing, I mean, foam rollery is great. I got a muscle scraper, I guess by sidekick, but I know there's lots of our brands like muscle scrapers are great. Um, I, I use that and I can use it kind of on a call. Once again, I'm, I'm good on the multitasking recovery yeah. cause I'm pretty busy. You know, if you're driving, you have a free hand or something, you can kind of just work on some issues. Um, I really enjoy that. And then the easiest thing for me, which people don't usually like if you do it in their house, but hotel rooms are perfect for it, but. <laughs> your feet on the wall. Like I think that is the best recovery, yeah. um, is just getting the blood moving out of your legs. Mm-hmm. So you sit at a 90 degree angle against the wall. Okay. Um, and if your wife gets mad at me for
0: <laughs> telling you this, oh, she's got plenty of things to be mad at me about.
1: It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that that is really important. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and it's just very easy. And yeah. so you can get massages, you can do compression, um, and travel. I think compression is huge, I don't use compression on a day to day basis because it's just hard to put on and off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I'm once again, we're talking time crunched and I'm lazy. Yeah, so I think it does the same effect if you could just put your feet up. But when traveling, I do compression tights yeah. plus socks, and I'm really trying to make sure I don't get that like, you know, international or trans wherever flight yeah. um and get the cankles, which right. <laughs> still happen
0: yeah I've, I've gotten that myself i have to go back to the the muscle scraper that sounds like a torture device what what is a muscle scraper
1: it's actually really cool it kind of just looks like a i have to send you a photo of it but a curved spoon and i'll send you the link okay. um but it's like a curved spoon thing and it's it just is it's not hard but it just kind of it's it's actually an old i think um eastern asian technique but it's um it just kind of moves some of that the chunkiness in there okay. and it doesn't really hurt but it just increased like some of the vascularization um and breaks down of some of that little little build up okay okay
0: so it's not like, adhesions it's not nearly as as uh as frightening as i thought it was
1: <laughs> no and it's like a really simple tool it's like the width of a spatula or something you know what i mean it's not and, it, and you can just hold it with your hand mm-hmm. and it's just like kind of curved to your like it works really well on your leg or yeah. your arm or your back and you can kind of dig in if you want, or you can just you know do nice, smooth movements yeah. and break up some of those adhesions and promote blood flow, okay. which just ultimately helps with recovery and tightness.
0: Is it a, is it a pretty small tool, something you can toss in the luggage sort of thing?
1: Oh, you could carry it on. Yeah, it's like yeah. a, it's yeah. This the one I use is this metal one by Sidekick, okay. and um and it's just yeah, it's like it's like carrying on a spoon basically, oh, but okay. without the um. Yeah, it's it's a pretty neat little tool, especially for travel, and you uh-huh. can carry it on. Nice. So if you're just bored, you can massage your arm or something. Right,
0: right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so for those of you guys who are listening, and 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 again, um, if if you don't know Allison already, you should know her now. And um, Allison's got a great uh, social media presence, uh, especially on Instagram. Uh, it, it's it's a very positive social media feed, and uh, you know it's always very encouraging, and but also you know. Pretty honest. I mean, you're honest about a lot of things about you know, uh, mental health and and um, you know the 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 really the real challenges of racing and, and riding and and beyond that. I mean, just living life. Um, and our for those of you also who, who don't know our new senior editor Betsy Welch, uh, she she joined us a few months ago here at Vela News. She asked uh, asked me to ask Allison a, a question that I think is is quite brilliant. Um, you know. You're, you're pretty prolific on, on Instagram and, and other social media, um, platforms and, and you're always positive, uh, but a lot of the response is not, um, people can be fairly, uh, negative or at the very, at the very least dismissive. Um, how do you, how do you create boundaries, um, even just mentally for you as a person, uh, reading these messages, um, to get around, uh, those darker aspects of social media?
1: Yeah, that's, that is a tough part of it. Um, being whether you're a celebrity or a professional athlete, um, you know, journalists get a lot of attention on social media as well. And, or you just, you know, somebody from high school says something bad, um, you know, it's, it, the negativity is always out there, but I think the trick to it is what I write and what I post is authentic. And if it's authentically me, I can own my own truth. And it doesn't mean my feelings don't get hurt if somebody says something negative. But if I know I'm being authentic and true to myself, um, then that makes me be able to move on. And also, I love positive feedback too. So with the negative, those are the ones we usually remember. But you also have 10 positive things that came in that day and that made you feel happy, whether it's a kitten photo or Dan's daughter, you know? <laughs> like some yeah, things yeah. like things are things make you happy. And so one of something I mean I did um just just slightly allude to the fact that I was a little data dork, you know? So <laughs> I I like I want to I wrote it down because I'm a – and I write, by the way, on, like, pen and paper. I I don't know if people do that anymore. Oh, I do all the time. Okay. I'm I'm a pen and paper writer. My calendar – like, I don't even use my calendar in my iPhone. I use, like, a calendar that's, like, paper. Nice. Um, Yeah, so – I write. I wrote down, you know, like what my goals are for myself, what my strategy and like my mission is. You know, what what is who am I, and what like what do I want to do? And that you have to keep checking in on. And if if I'm writing things that align with that, then I go, okay, I'm doing I'm doing something that's aligning with my with me. And and one of the things I want to do is is to be vulnerable. And with that, um, with showing your chink in your armor, it's it's your like just mag you're a magnet for people also looking to maybe hurt you for that but also there's a huge population that that's very inspiring too and when i was racing i dealt with some mental health um issues i raced on antidepressants i was recovering from a traumatic brain injury i had a lot of mental health things going on you know just maybe i always am just kind of high strung individual. Um, you know, I call myself a laser focused pinball. You know, I got a little anxiety here. I'm very like high functioning, but also with high functioning individuals that you can also just like launch into orbit. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, and that's who I am. And that is great. Like, that's like, that's what you got. And so I tried to hide a lot of that, especially, you know, trying to win races. And when I was road racing and having directors or you know, coaches tell me like, you know, you need to do this and, you know, you need to be act like this. You can't wear that. You need to, you know, all these things. And I found that that just made me very unhappy because I wasn't myself. And if I'm not myself, then I'm not happy. And then I'm not performing well, even though the numbers say I should be performing great. If you tell me, you know, to change who I am um, or how I interact with people to get a performance, it doesn't result in that. So I want to make sure I remain vulnerable, um, share the real things that we need to talk about, whether it's mental health, or just stay positive, because what else can we do, we can only control what we can, um, and humanize the sport. Because, you know, people on social media or win winning races, it's, you know, it all looks fun and games and great. And, but you know, there's a lot of hard, ugly stuff that goes into that moment. And what does that look like? And then just to then reiterate that no one's alone. Like you're not alone in this, like we're all in this together. And I have a really large curiosity and zest for life. And I want to remind myself of that and stay positive because that's what helped me get through some dark times and continues to do so when, when it happens. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. and, And ultimately, I mean, that's your, that's your world, right? Like the, the, your social media channels, they, they're yours, you own them. And, and anybody who comes in with that negativ- neg- negativity, 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 our visitors, and they come and they go, uh, you know, so it's easier to, you know, perhaps look past those darker moments. And I think you, you've you been pretty adept at that. Um, yeah.
1: And I, I think that that's the, the point, though, like when I guess it can circle back to Bike racing mentality is, you know, you signed up for that. So if you don't yeah. want to be on social media and you don't want that pressure, believe me, I ask myself that sometimes. <laughs> like, yeah, right,
0: right. <laughs>
1: you put it out there, and I mean, I also like, I want. I mean, I, I I want your daughter when when she's allowed on Instagram to be inspired or to connect with me. I don't, and I try to keep things, you know, light and positive, yeah, yeah. and and raw and real, though, too. That you know, you don't have to look a certain way or act a certain right. way, and. Um, I just actually, I really enjoy riding, so it gives me a chance to write and express myself. Um, and yeah, but I, yeah, like I, I think, you know, your daughter has one of my jerseys she does. and I, <laughs> I, I think about, you know, like, you know, I like role models or, you know, inspiration. And mm-hmm. if you're getting more people riding bikes, whether you're male, female, old or young, I mean, if more people on bikes are just getting active and healthy, that's great. Um, yeah. and to spread a positive message. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, my daughter. This morning, I told her I was talking to Alice and Tetrick today, and she said she, you know, she had this this look on her face that just lit up, and she said, "She's on my wall." And, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so, you know, in thirty or forty years, when I finally let her on Instagram, uh, yeah, she can she can see all the the wonderful things you're doing. Um, Allison, thank you so, so much for joining me today. It's always a pleasure to have you here. It's always so much fun chatting with you. Um, before we sign off, is there anything you want, anything else beyond what we've already chatted about that you'd like to to share with people before we, we sign off and go try to ride our bikes?
1: Well, we definitely should, should ride bikes, however safe and is applicable to your current status and where you are. Um, bikes, bikes are not canceled and, and I think just to get a little, um, a little serious too is just you know check in on people because I know this is it's hard in different capacity for a yeah. lot of people especially yeah. if you're stuck inside or or you're at risk um you know so check in on um, from that mental health health side and then um yeah so you you know don't let your daughter have um, Instagram for 30 years. And that's, that's <laughs> totally fine. But you asked why I um, have a 303 number, which is Colorado. Yeah. And I live in California yeah, what's and this, that? this is, we'll have to end with this, which is not tech talk. So okay. I apologize that's to okay. your fans, That's all right. but, but my, um, this is also before smartphones. Uh-huh. I know that's a weird, we used to not have smartphones. I, I always had a, a mobile phone when I was in high school, but that's when there was still long distance calling. Oh yeah. That was a thing we are so my dad <laughs> yeah, so weird right yeah. so my dad got me a mobile like mo- uh motorola you know flip phone those little like yeah. whatever those razors yeah, yeah i had that in high school and he thought i'm gonna make sure no boys call you so i'm gonna get <laughs> your number <laughs> from colorado oh my God. and no one will call you that is it worked awesome. thanks dad that is thanks dad <laughs>
0: that's some good dad dad
1: tactics right there (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i i I think you're kind of screwed on the cell phone now but anyway yeah i i think that that's um that's really important and but it was just funny story um yeah yeah, and and all the tech stuff too i mean just get out and ride be active get outside and get some sun at at times um when you can and remember to take those breaks for yourself and check in on check in on people that can't get out like your grandma or your parents or whatever and um We'll get through this and hopefully go ride bike soon. Yep.
0: Bikes are not canceled. That's a, that's Bikes a, are not canceled. That's a great way to end it. And I'll tell you, I'm going to get my daughter a uh, beeper, not a cell phone. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. She's uh, like, Dad, what's a pager?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Allison, thank you again for joining me. I appreciate it. Uh, and for those of you listening, if you have questions about this podcast or any of the other Velo News podcasts in our in our atmosphere, please do feel free to tweet at me at Brown Tie Dan, uh, or you can email me, dcavalari at VeloNews.com. And of course, go follow Allison on uh, Instagram. It's Tetric, Is that correct? You got it. All right, guys. Uh, thank you for listening. And Allison, thank you for joining me.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: All right. We'll see you guys next time.